0: What's up, what's up, what's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family. Hope all is well. It's your girl, Leah M. Forney. Listen, we are plugging away through the season two of Hey Queen Thrive. It has been absolutely amazing. I have had some absolutely amazing guests, man. The conversations. Y'all, listen, I hope y'all been enjoying season two because I know I have. I've been enjoying interviewing these folks. And you know what? Before I get into who's going to be on... Uh, this episode, like I was thinking, like season three of Hey Queen Thrive, I think I want to make it a live show. Like I think I want it to be live. I mean, I'll still upload like all the the audio and all that stuff to um the podcast, right? So people will be able to get you know the replay that way. But I'm thinking season three. Just might be Hey, Queen Thrive live. Like, I think I might just go ahead and get my stream yard on, have these conversations live, right? That way the audience, you guys can actually participate. Um, Thriver Nuggets would be live. All that good stuff. Like, I'm really thinking that's how I'm going to kick off season three. Huh. Let me know. Like, shoot me a message. Let me know if you think season three of Hey, Queen Thrive needs to go live. Because I have been on a lot of live interviews, and I love live interviews. Even though I don't love um, getting dressed. <laughs> Like I don't love having to get dressed and look good, but I love live interviews because it's just like whatever happens in the moment happens in the moment, right? Whereas like when I pre-record stuff, I you know I gotta ed- I can edit and all that good stuff to make my guests sound good. So hmm, I've been thinking about that though. So season three just might be live, which then means I might have to get a YouTube channel. Oh, decisions, decisions. But listen, we got time. We got time because we're only making our way through season two, um, and we're only at the month of July, so I still got like two more months before season two wraps up because you you guys already know I am not going all the way to the end of the year this year. Your girl is wrapping it up at the end of September. That's the beautiful thing about being a podcaster is that you can decide how long and how short your seasons are going to be, and so this is going to be a short season, which means you've got plenty of time to catch up on season one and season two before season three comes back in 2023. So that's it. <laughs> I'm just saying. But look, before I tell you about this guest, listen, for the month of July, I was like, I got to do some education on this episode, right? We're kicking off the month of July. And so I don't know about you guys, but I like technically I I Google a lot of awareness days and awareness months, because I'm, I'm curious to know, like what each day a month is. Like I know some of the stuff, like April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but it's also Autism Month. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but it's also um, National Masturbation Month. And then also in April, you got Infertility Week, you got Black Maternal Health Week. Like, you know, I, I Googled these things. And so I was curious to know what the month of July is. And so your girl got you. All right, so July, when it comes to Awareness Months, is eye eye injury prevention month, right? So please don't be going out here getting stuff stuck in your eye and poking your eye out and all that crap. We're not doing that. And then from July 4th to July 10th is National Childhood Obesity Week, right? And then July 28th is World Hepatitis Day, right? And then... Here's one that I was like, listen, they got a day for this? Because anybody that know me know this is my life, right? July 14th, get this, y'all, is National Nude Day. Listen, do you mean they created a whole day that I could walk around in my birthday suit? Come on in here, Jesus. Won't he do it? Listen, so I'm excited to hear that. But here's where it gets even better. Even better. July 31st, y'all, July 31st, hear me and hear me clearly is national orgasm day listen listen y'all know how i feel about sex we talk about it here i hate when we drive every season right so national orgasm day is july 31st so listen i'm just saying either you're gonna be nude or you're gonna be uh getting an orgasm in the month of july <laughs> I'm just saying. So listen, I'm super excited about this guest that I got. Listen, we connected on Clubhouse and y'all already know if y'all not following me on Clubhouse, you should. Right. But she's so amazing. I absolutely love her. Um, It is the one, the only Lakeisha Muhammad. Listen, we are about to dive into a conversation about fibroids because fibroids are plaguing. I do mean plaguing. The black and brown community many of us as black women are dealing with fibroids i deal with fibroids i had the surgery almost three years ago and even after the surgery they still came back and so we're just going to talk about it like we're going to have this conversation i know how i feel about hey queen. here at hate queen thrive we have those conversations that ain't nobody else having and so definitely tune in grab your pen grab your paper grab your favorite drink pull up right and of course you already know i'll be back with thriving nuggets What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Listen, I'm so excited about this guest that I have with me. Man, listen, we connected on Clubhouse. I tell y'all all the time, if you're not following me on Clubhouse, you need to be following me on Clubhouse. But listen, she's like, just became like my sis so dope we have had amazing conversations and i truly feel like we're like soul sisters because we have gone through some very similar stuff it's crazy but it's the one the only lakeisha muhammad here at the hey queen thrive family what's up girl hey thrive how y'all doing hey so tell the people a little (laughs) bit about yourself
1: wow um a little bit about me because i wear so many different hats honey um and I'm breaking down some of my areas as well, but yeah, I'm an empowerment and life coach, I'm working with women, I also offer mentor uh, to younger and older women, that Absolutely. seems to be where my purpose has led me back to, I love <laughs> uh, interacting it. with the younger women, older women, couples, I'm back into my couples uh, zone. Uh, doing some work with couples um, around like communication because that comes up a lot um, especially when in marriages uh, communication is a big barrier Mm -hmm. on so many different skills even myself I have dealt with communication issues with my in my marriage so with all of that bringing into alignment it's like okay you know you're not by yourself and other people You know, even though we don't speak the same marriage language, but we can get into that a little bit later um, when I say that. But um, outside of that, I'm a published author. Um, I've worked on lots of collaboration projects, lots of collab books. I've put out some of my own personal books that I've written. Um, Also an inspirational speaker. I took off the motivation because I feel like motivation can be temporary. There's mm-hmm. other things you have to add into motivation. Like I can motivate people all day they be like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's yeah. go. But tomorrow that person can feel like I'm not motivated. Like yeah. everything Lakeisha said is void. And honestly, you are your biggest motivator. Yeah. Like I so believe that like whatever you write down, whatever you vision for your life, yeah, that has to be your motivation. Whatever your situation is. That has to be your biggest motivator versus any of us speaking into somebody's life. Yeah. Um, so I firmly believe that I, I'm I'm all about inspiring people. You yeah. know what I mean through my story, through you know my wisdom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, just being myself. You yeah. know, just bringing that positive energy yeah. into a room and giving that out um, because you people can stay inspired. You can stay inspired. But that motivation piece can be a little tricky. Yeah. So I kind of said, nah, we're gonna do away with this whole motivational thing. I don't see myself as a motivational speaker. I mean, I could be a motivator, but more of inspiration. Yeah. Um. So with doing all of those things um, before the pandemic, you know, I did things more outward. You know, I was going to engagement. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in this vir- virtual world, which is beautiful too. <laughs> right. Um. You know, I get to go on like Clubhouse. You know, and share things there and connect with women like you and the others um wow I'm also a mom I have four adult children (laughs) um girl who would have known you look good honey (laughs) I have four adult children plus thanks he's kind of like slash nephew son (laughs) so I have guardianship of my nine-year-old nephew that I've been raising since he was two months old wow so I've started all the way over um (laughs) And so many other things that I do, but, um, definitely those, I are, those are some of the bigger things.
0: Yeah. I the love most it. Important I love it. <laughs> you know, I feel the same. So it's funny you mentioned that whole changing. Cause like I got out of, so I, I coached too, but I decided to stop calling myself a coach because I just yeah. felt like the word coach was so like saturated, right? Like everybody yes. was just calling themselves a coach. So mm-hmm. then when I really thought about the work that I was doing with women, um, it was more like an architect. Like I was helping them build. I was helping them in guiding. And so I just like one day was just like Googling like architect, what is that? And so that's where the purpose-driven architect came from because I wanted it to be so unique that even people would be like, oh, I ain't never heard of a coach that did." You know what I mean? Like, cause everybody was calling themselves coaches. Oh, I'm a coach. I'm a motivational speaker. It's like, ah, can you come up with something different? And, And that's why when I
1: go into a space I like to let people know who I am before my title. I like to introduce me before my title. Now I know there's spaces we go in when we're networking, business, but if it's like a different type of room, like a laid back type of room, we're gonna have like a real conversation. Yeah, I like to bring me first to the table, like, because I'm not my title. You know what I mean? My Mm. title connects to who I am and who I am is my purpose. So knowing that that's the connection, that's the way I like to present myself and I know some people kind of be like wow she didn't say much well because I don't feel like for me I gotta come into a space and do all of that unless yeah. it's a networking space then yeah you'd be like I do that, 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 that right right it's like if it's a group where like women connecting like moms you know mm-hmm. you're there to support and inspire moms I just want to come in and say you know what I'm a mom I'm a woman, I'm a wife. Yeah. I know what that's like. Like I want to connect in an intimate way with people in, in an organic way. I don't want to come in with all of the, well, you know, my name is such sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is and this is no offense to anyone. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with presenting your titles. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with titles, it, it just overshadows who we really are. We can't feel that authentic energy from people sometimes. Like, I don't know about you, but I know me, I'm an energetic person Mm -hmm. and I pick up on a lot of energy. So I can tell when somebody's being fake and watered down. I can tell when somebody's like hiding behind the title. They really don't want anybody to know, like, I don't got all my shit together. Right, right. Right. No, we listen. We cuss (laughs) at Hey Queen (laughs) Thrive, so don't Uh, feel uh, (laughs) bad. Cause you know, even with that, you know, yeah. like I don't like to be in spaces either way. I gotta be filtered. If I feel right. like my message is coming real and raw, yeah, and it's gonna be a, a like a a beep beep in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to get that out. But I feel like I, I've I've met so many people like that, and I even used to be like that at one yeah. time. So I said, you know what? No, when I introduce myself, I am LaKeisha first or first and last name or yeah. a lady, which is yeah. something unique unique for myself. But I don't go in and say, I'm Coach Lakeisha. I yeah. take this off. Yeah. I take it off. I, in the beginning, I used to put coach out there, but now I'm like, I'm not, that's not the way I want to do it. Um, that's not the way I want to connect. I don't yeah. want to connect like that. I want to connect genuinely and authentically being myself. Yeah, And I am a human being and i don't care who i coach, who i inspire, i go through stuff too. Yeah. So, this is how i want to connect to people. You know what i mean? Yeah. And and that's the way i work in my workspaces too. Like i i don't do all that other stuff. It's just not for me.
0: <laughs> Girl, listen, you already kicked off the show with something amazing, cuz <laughs> honey, listen, but i i wholeheartedly agree with you on everything you said. I'm the same way. And i think that's what makes our clients come to us. It's that yes authentic is that transparent is that like oh, okay this is just you like this you ain't putting on no show you not doing no. any of that so i agree with you so look i gotta ask you That's yes. all my guests this in your opinion yes. what does it mean to be a queen that thrives
1: ah oh, wow a queen that thrives in my opinion is somebody who is honest about getting her shit together come on like she is that woman who is like, listen, I've been through something, mm-hmm. but, you know, I still got work to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fully there yet. I'm, yeah. I'm still becoming, I'm still thriving. There's room for me to grow. Yeah. You know, when I talk about healing, I connect that with a queen that's thriving yeah. because healing is a big part of who we are yeah. and then who, how we connect yeah. and how we show up you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so when I talk about that you know thriving I'm like yeah I'm thriving I may be inspiring you but trust me I'm still on a journey listen I tell people my healing has been in levels it's been in levels because I've had to I've had to go through layers yeah like there's layers to the level so listen chop 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 and I'm not done yet because you know at almost 45 beautiful years later, almost, I'll be 45 next month, um, I've had to siffer through, I mean, a lot of stuff. I yeah. had to break myself down yeah. to the core. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just coming into myself. Yeah. like I'm just coming in. I'm just connecting all of those pieces yeah. to my puzzle. Like now I have a ride.
0: and now that i've arrived
1: i still have more in me to go yeah so that's the queen that's thriving because i'm not there yet i still got more to go so i'm still out in here thriving reaching yeah my purpose ain't done yet there's still more in me because so much has been hidden
0: inside yes so yes listen (laughs) let me tell you i call those mic drops here at hey queen thrive did you hear that like a queen that thrives is getting her shit together like I promise Absolutely. you, I'm saying here like, this is why I say we like soul sisters. Cause I <laughs> always tell people like, healing is like seven layers deep. Just when you think yes. you've like hit the surface and you like, oh, God be like, nope, keep going.
1: <laughs> like you gotta- No, um, and that's so true because, you know, not to go off topic, but just to, to add this in because, yeah. you know, I, when I started doing some other type of work, which I know we're going to go yeah. into that, i had to i'm just getting that release mm. from mm-hmm. when you know when my older three children i have four children but my older three all got the same dad um when he passed away back wow. in like 90 uh what did he pass away 99 maybe wow. so if you do that mathematic right there yeah that's a long decade of time to still have something going on with you that you're unaware of, like come on, I I thought I was good, I thought I moved mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. but until I got into a space, and you know what I mean, it was like God revealed to me, yeah, this was still holding on to you, mm-hmm. like it was like you know like he he was still he still had this hold on me, yeah, that yeah. I didn't even know he had on me. So Girl. when I did this deep deep spiritual work. Yeah, that's where he it just started to come off me yeah and that's where I got the closure Mm -hmm. and I I felt that weight off of me as soon as that came off of me it shifted a lot of things in my marriage like instantly
2: yeah
1: and I didn't even and again see you could be unaware of things you're still dealing with i didn't know that that i didn't know that that trauma still had a hold on yeah i really thought i processed through it i thought i was good but then god showed me no this thing was still there yeah so that's why i always say no baby uh uh-uh we don't don't ever think that something is done because it can show up in different ways yeah yeah but ultimately you will know when you have that, that, that healing, that peace, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you will. I, I finally got that peace from that, that situation in my past life.
2: Yeah, And, yeah.
1: and it just felt good for it to finally let me go. Like, let me go. You know how yeah, yeah. people, people be, people be dead and gone and they still got power on me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't even know he still had power on yeah. me like that but it wasn't in a bad way it was more of like a he was sorry like he mm. didn't get to do and say the things because his death was really like sudden mm-hmm. um it yeah. was really sudden you know what I mean it was one of those things where you know I saw him here and the next you know was like uh boop he's he gone. gone yeah um and that was a journey that was definitely yeah. a journey but you know I, I got through it you know yeah. um you know, a lot of blessings came as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm here now.
0: <laughs> yeah, girl, listen, I'm sitting here like, girl, I can relate. Cause like so my <laughs> fiance passed away unexpectedly four years ago. Like, literally, it was like wow. one morning we were together finalizing wedding plans. Next morning he was gone. Like, literally. Yeah. And when I look over those four years, like, same thing, like just when you're like, oh, okay. I think I'm good. I'm Here comes something else. Like, mm-mm, no. And the, the strategic no. thing about God is that when he has you on a healing journey, like okay. he don't let you just like deal with one trauma. He gives you th- the floodgates open. Like you be over here yes. dealing with childhood issues, this yep. issue. Yep. Cause he really wants you to like, not only, cause I know for me, God said to me, like, I can't let you be coaching other women through a process yep. that you're not willing to walk through. So I had to spend a yes. whole year, two years of really walking through my own process. This is why Absolutely. I'm revamping my coaching business yep. now, because yep. I had to learn the importance of taking care of those foundational cracks, dealing with Absolutely. those I- deeper issues mm-hmm. before I could be the boss that I am. Like, how are you going to be Absolutely. a boss if you over here standing on chinky (laughs)
1: non-solid
0: foundation so girl listen
1: it's it's so so true and like you said it's a floodgate that starts to happen like mm -hmm. I wasn't just dealing with one thing I was dealing with a lot of things and when he passed I was going through a lot of stuff like I was I had I had just had my a third daughter wow. like so she didn't know her dad because she wasn't born right he died you know he died while I was still pregnant right so I was get you know about to give birth and you know I had my other babies and you know what I mean like yeah. I was trying to get myself together because we were a young couple mm-hmm. so all of this happened in my 20s my early 20s wow so I was dealing with a lot of life mm-hmm. at that time yeah so all that trauma, and I didn't even identify it with trauma. Yeah. So because I just learned more about trauma and was willing to accept, no, Lakeisha, you have suffered some trauma. Mm-hmm. Call it for what it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. That was trauma. Mm-hmm. You went through some trauma. No matter how you looking at it, it was trauma. Yeah. No, girl, that was depression, but you didn't know how to identify it Come with on. depression. Come on. So all these years later. Now I'm d- identifying with those things. Now I'm able to connect the dots, Yeah. And that's where the healing is, has really started to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So it, but it is beautiful in an ugly place. You Honey. know, say it's beauty, it's like beautiful and ugly
0: all at the same time. All at the same time. And it but just, you know what? Yeah, that's. And it reminds me of like the Bible tells us that he gives you that, that I call him, I always say God is like this great exchanger because he says, I'll give you beauty for your ashes. So that ugliness, he takes Mm -hmm. it and he makes it beautiful. So yeah, you gotta go through some ugly, ugly things, right? But he makes them beautiful. And this is how we get to where we are in our own purpose. And we are helping other women through their, their thing because we had to live it. And then walk out that process. So now we can help you with that process. (laughs) So I love that you mentioned a trauma because I don't think people recognize and we're going to shift a little bit, but fibroids is very traumatic for Black women. It is,
1: it is. like
0: Talk to us about your journey and your experience with fibroids.
1: Well, let's say um, I found out I had fibroids probably maybe 2015 2016 wow. maybe mm-hmm. and this is how I found out I went into the doctors to do um fertility testing
2: mm, and
1: yeah. that's the, a lot of testing you do yeah so with that they give you like a lot of ultrasound mm-hmm. so when I got the ultrasound and the test results came back and I went with the doctor the doctor said uh, lakeisha did you know you had fibro Mm. I sat there looking at the doctor like I had got what <laughs> what what is that what is that and it's crazy because I worked in medical right right So <laughs> I'm looking at the doctor like what is that and yeah. the doctor said well Lakeisha you know he started explaining what fibroids are and telling me you know they're not cancerous and then they told me the size of them and it's nothing to worry about but you can monitor it and you know we talked about you know if you got pregnant and all these different things so I yeah, said, okay yeah. so when i found that out that's what sent me into researching and educating myself on fibroids yeah and learning more about what i got going on in my body so my bottom line was okay well what's the solution mm-hmm. how are we going to get rid of it yeah how do you get rid of fibroids so the doctors was like, "Well, most women just have it until menopause, and they shrink." And I'm like, "Well, first of all, menopause is another devil, Come uh, on. you know, to call it." And I just always pray that it bypasses me um, because <laughs> I don't want it. And I'm glad that I've met women who have agreed with me. They said, "I hope it passes you over." I said, "I hope I do too." But you know, um, I'm grateful that it hasn't arrived this yeah, far yeah. so you know but um you know I just kind of put it out of sight out of mind after a while you know what I mean yeah. I, I I prayed on it I left it alone I said okay I just went on about life and the years and years and years are going by and I'm not even thinking about it anymore I'm just doing other things focusing on my other part of my wellness like yeah. you know my you know exercising and foods and all mm-hmm. of those different things like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm studying what foods work and what works and you know what doesn't work and that's what led me into holistic health I started studying more about holistic you know wellness Mm -hmm. um, around the fibroids and then encountering um what did you call it? Uh, H. pylori. I don't know if you yeah. agree with that, mm-hmm. but I ended up getting that and that was a very horrible stomach bacteria. Wow. And I don't know how I got it, but it's something that doctors don't look for unless you have symptoms. And a lot of people can live with H. pylori for a long time, but not to switch gears here, mm-hmm. but um, I just started studying more of holistic health. Yeah. like you know, what can we do holistically? And that's when I came into the first thing I came into was Yanni steam. Mm. They were talking about, yeah. you know, how in the ancient, ancient times, women used to use Yanni steaming to heal certain inflammations in the womb. Yeah. So I started going to a woman who specialized in that. Wow. And I remember I, my oldest daughter, I said, Hey, let's go do a Yanni's theme together. Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh, what? <laughs> and <laughs>
2: yeah, I said,
1: a Yanni steam. So yeah. when we got there, it was like she had this very relaxing setting, like mm-hmm. candles, meditation music. And it's like a room and, yeah. and you just dim the lights and you sit in there. So my daughter was like, um, okay, so that means we got to get a little bit naked below the waist. Yes, you do. So she was on one side, I was on the other, you know, and Mm -hmm. we were just, at first it was kind of (laughs) hot, but that's normal. Yeah. So you just, you you relax. So I did that for probably a month. I did that treatment and then I found out you could do it at home.
0: So I ended up
1: purchasing all of the Yanni products. You know, you could purchase the herbs, Mm -hmm. you could purchase like the the little portable seat, you could Mm put in the toilet. Or some women were utilizing other things or making their own yeah. uh, Yanni at home, Yanni cheers at home. So now I do Yanni steams twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's really good to do before your cycle starts. And then you can do it maybe a few days after. Um, so those were some of the things I first started utilizing. Yeah. Um, and I still do that today. Mm-hmm. Um, But as I learned more about the fibroids and what that's connected to um, just moving to futuristic times now, uh, just last year in 2021, I finally went back to the doctor to do an ultrasound Mm -hmm. to see what the, you know, what my fibroids look like. And when I went back last year, they ended up seeing only two from when I had three, Wow! you know, back in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. but they were larger. So mm-hmm. one of them was an orange size. Wow. And then the other one was probably a few inches bigger than it was back then. So it didn't grow too much, mm-hmm. but one did grow very large, probably like a nine I think a nine point five, maybe. I'm probably a little mm-hmm. off, but that's a that's a big number. Yeah. Um. So if you know how big an orange is, and yeah. you picture that in your body, in your <laughs> in your wound area, in your uterus, you're like, um, that sounds pretty big to be in my uterus, right? <laughs> so, but I know there's women who have had fibroids way bigger than that. They've had yeah. multiple, multiple. But it seems like it. But I'm, I'm grateful that I went back because yeah. now it helped me to re- pay attention to other things that were going on in my body that I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I started having really heavy, heavy, heavy menstrual cycles.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I went through all this testing, all this testing. So finally we found out it's connected to the fibroids. because yeah. just last year, my doctor wanted me to go get like all this GI testing. Mm-hmm. so when I went back when I had a follow-up with my OBGYN she said <clears throat> excuse me she said Lakeisha no we're gonna put off on a GI testing. you don't need that right now yeah um it's the fibroids let's deal with that because we we believe that's what's causing the heavy menstrual cycle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but the blessing was that my blood levels went up my blood count went back up because I've dealt with anemia off and on for a lot a lot of years Mm -hmm. um but this time it was much better my blood count was way better than it had been maybe two or three years prior before COVID happened when I went to the doctors um but again I just stayed on this journey still doing the holistic health and then um when I got into clubhouse Mm -hmm. I ended up in a group and they were talking about fibroids and the wound and yeah, trauma. Yeah. And yeah. I ended up connecting to an amazing, amazing woman. And I ended up, you know, reading about what she does. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of things. She's like an um embodiment coach. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of other things, but she deals with women, works with women, excuse me, who have these fibroid issues. Yeah. So I started doing work with her last year.
2: Nice. And
1: I started learning the deeper parts of fibroids. Mm. And before that, there was a book that I read. And this book, I recommend this book to all women, all, all, especially black women. Okay. it's called, it's called The Pussy Prayer.
0: Listen. And you read that book? I haven't read it, but let me tell you. So one of my really, really good mental health colleagues, she's actually about to do a book club. I'm gonna say it's either this month or next month on pussy prayers. And okay. between her, that book, and I wanna read The Sacred Woman by Queen of Ufa. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Like I'm like audible. Um, I'm about to put it on.
1: So um that book was. So empowering to me! Wow, like I learned so much from that one book. Yeah, about the wound and mm-hmm. trauma, and all of these things in our body, all these diseases in the body as a woman that you would not even think were wow. was connected. So I learned that fibroids is connected to a trauma. It's it's everything is stored in your wow. wound area. Yeah, all your yeah, yeah. trauma. Gets stored right in that wound space. So when you start clearing out that wound space, you can ultimately start to heal your body inside out. Wow. Um, and I'm learning that more and more and more as I'm doing this embodiment work. Like I, I even I do breath work now.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't even
1: know that our, that breath work how important that is. Yeah. Um, how much air we don't use. Yeah. So between the breath work and just clearing out that wound space and dealing with all of those traumas, traumas. and clearing it out.
0: Yeah. It has been
1: so helpful to me. Wow. Um and even though you balance out the medical, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't take away from the holistic. I mean, yeah, everyone has different systems, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everybody has a different belief system. Yeah. So for some women that say, well, Lakeisha, I did all these holistic practices and that didn't do nothing to the five women. There are some other women who say, I've done this and this actually helped me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's all about what you believe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't take away from medical. Yeah. But I believe in being balanced. Like I don't, and because the medical industry is kind of floppy, let's just be honest. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um,
1: we can't really trust everything when it comes to medical. So I believe in that balance and honestly, yeah. everything we need. Is in nature, it's in the earth. Yeah. It's just that because society and the world and the government, all these different things have come in to take over what mm-hmm. was natural to us. Yeah. So because all of that was stripped away, they don't want us to know about all these things that can really yeah. heal our bodies where we don't need all this medicine they pump into us. We don't need it. We just yeah. need to get back to that natural state mm-hmm. of healing. Because when you think about it, what what were they doing back in, in history days yeah. when there was no medicine? Right, right. They in were making, stuff from, they from were the making stuff from the ground, from mm-hmm. the plants. Yeah. Um, and I even learned more about that because along with, you know, Tasha is her name, along with Tasha, I ended up meeting um, another amazing woman. And I in this moment, I don't know how her name slipped my mind. But I'm ready to call her Tina. So I apologize. <laughs> so let's just use Tina for now. Um, so Tina um, is also a wellness coach. Mm-hmm. But she does a lot of things with essential oil.
2: Mm. And she also
1: used to do things around um, something with the, the, the stomach. She used to do some type of work with the stomach area. I yeah. apologize. But I learned from her yeah. about... You know, again, all these diseases connected to things that we've been through and the foods and our blood and your body and wow, so wow, many wow. things that connect to these these diseases in our body. Yeah. So she started telling me about essential oils. Wow. Um, the ones that are used for, for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Again, so now I'm just applying new things and learning more things to keep that balance. So I haven't made a decision yet Mm -hmm. if I want to have them removed, but I have researched. I have done my research on if I did use medical intervention, um, I would do, you know, I would do the very minimal, Mm -hmm. the one that doesn't really require really surgery. Yeah. Um, What is it? The et. ETF, I probably got the initials wrong, yeah. but it's the the um embolization, mm-hmm. which is just burning mm-hmm. and you know, shrinking yeah. and shrinking the fibroids. Yeah. And that's not really a surgical procedure, it's just very minor.
0: You do it right in the radiology office. Mm-hmm.
1: So if I do, I would you I would do that. Now
0: Listen. I went through the surgery route. I have. So when I got fibroids, I found out for you. So it was my journey with fibroids was I was trying to get pregnant. Me and my fiance at the time, we were trying to get pregnant. And so I thought it was him. So I'm like, you need to go get chick. Something wrong with you. Right. (laughs) Not Realizing that, like, for years I was having two, three cycles a month. Like, you know, it's not educated. And so when we found out it wasn't him, I was like, okay, then it's me. But mm-hmm. due to like lack of health insurance and all that, like I had to yeah. kind of put it off. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't until after he had passed that I actually went to the OBGYN and got checked out. And I had this huge, massive fibroid wow. over my, over my uterus. So I didn't have no choice yeah. but to get the surgery.
2: Okay. But
0: what I learned though, is that it comes back because two years later, I'm dealing yeah. with fibroids again.
1: So which which procedure did you utilize?
0: I had the is it I think it's called a laparoscopic. It's just like four little tiny incisions. Um, but
1: oh, okay, you did that one. Yeah, okay.
0: but it's I mean, it took two years later. They decided to come back, and that's the thing about fibroids that I've learned that, um, and I've always been curious, like why do they keep coming back? So everything that you're saying about like the Yanni steams and all this, like. I wholeheartedly agree. And I was just saying to one of my assistant-in-law, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do a Yanni's thing this year. Like, I think I'm going to finally <laughs> test it out and see. But just the natural stuff. Like, I have a good friend right now. She's doing, like, um Dr. Sadie's, like, 40 days of healing thing. Oh, okay. And okay. I've been watching, like, her journey. And she'll post it on Facebook and, like, how her acne has cleared up. And all these things have cleared up just from mm-hmm. natural things right and i tell people like the the food and drug industry like (laughs) the pharmaceutical industry is the richest industry ever because all they want to do is pump medication into you
1: absolutely (laughs) and and there's women i know and it's just amazing how i've met so many women when i started opening up about my my journey with fibroids. i've met so many women with so different stories yeah but just to know that again, it's like I told one us the other day. I said, "The universe keeps showing me that I'm not alone,
2: yeah, that's
1: all that comes to me every time I have a conversation or I'm in a space and I listen, I'm like, Wow, for so long, I thought I was really by myself,
2: yeah,
1: and Fibroids was not easy for me to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's very sensitive to a lot mm-hmm. of women. It was for yeah. me, yeah, um, I didn't even feel comfortable talking to it with my husband, yeah, um. But I'm so grateful that he was very sensitive to it as well. Like Mm. he was very understanding and very nurturing and he's still supportive, you know, because other women, I hear their stories and they're like, my husband is not, my spouse, my partner is not supportive at all. Like I can't even talk to him about it. Like I've heard some of the most horrendous stories of men cheating on their wives because sex was too painful for them. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like you would literally step out on your marriage because your wife is having a, a health issue a right health now. Issue. And instead of supporting her yeah. and loving her through it, you rather go somewhere else.
2: Yeah. And
1: even with communication, a lot of women don't know how to communicate to their spouse, how to support them when they're having this wellness issue going yeah. on. So with me learning all of these things and doing this work and Going through this process, yeah. you know, um, it's allowed me to share this with other women. And women ask me, Lakeisha, how did you talk to your husband about that? Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't feel comfortable talking to their spouse. Mm-hmm. They felt like something was wrong with them. They felt like their yeah. spouse was going to be turned turned off from them. And yeah. that's not necessarily true. And I know it's not easy. Yeah. But if you have a really loving spouse mm-hmm. and somebody who really honors that space they're going to yeah. be there. They're going to yeah. want to know how can I support you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And one of the biggest issues with five boys, you know, let's just keep it real, is sex. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of sexual problems. Yeah. Cuz some women are not comfortable. Um different things happen there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even just with exercise and certain activities, you know like you know how you get that bloating in your stomach mm-hmm. like I started wondering why am I having all these like bloating and like my stomach just seemed very hard at the top and I never realized what that was from and I know sometimes I have a little bit of indigestion issues yeah, gotta yeah. be mindful what I eat but the doctor said Lakeisha with fibroids that can happen so I started researching pictures of women who literally had these stomachs that look like they're pregnant yeah but it's fibroids and some women are comfortable walking around like that they feel like hey I'm not having no problems I don't need to do nothing. Mm -hmm. But there are, then there's those of us like me. I'm just like self conscious. I gotta gotta figure something out. Yeah. We're gonna get these things to shrink Mm -hmm. and hopefully they won't come back because there are some women that they don't come back. Yeah. I just think every woman's body is different. It's different. But I truly believe that when we work through those traumas, when we work through those issues that are going on with Mm -hmm. us, that is a part of your healing because the body knows how to heal itself. That's if it. we just do what we need to do, when That's you take it. care of your body, your mm-hmm. body will take, care of, take you. care of you. But like you said, we've put so much junk in our body, mm-hmm. even from poor eating as children, you know. Like we yeah. grew up in a in a black family, like my family, my mother's side of the family is southern.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they they eat all the fried food. Come
0: on, come the, on, the
1: grease the green they drink soda yeah you know, kool-aid kool-aid with all that yeah. sugar like all these things you were doing to your body yeah and as you got older you didn't realize the effects it was gonna have on you right. so when you start changing your habits like the way i eat now i'm telling you when when i am around family my mother and them make so much fun of me my mother be like you got all that healthy stuff in your house and, you know, they kind of get my, my nephew, he'll take sides. Like when he goes to my mother's house, he'll be like, auntie be cooking some funny food. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but even my husband said to me, he was like, you know, you eat kind of funny, but if least sounding good, what you eat is I was like, really? Wow. Yeah. That's so disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but it's healthy. Eat, it is the things I- you want to eat as a child yeah Ooh, I love it now I love I love, Girl, I love the I'm the same now. way because I
0: tell people like when I was younger you could not get me to eat anything vegetable like I'm not eating no nope. no collard Mm-mm. greens no green beans no nothing and nope. now as an adult like it's mm-hmm. everything green like I go to the grocery store I get the greenest like lettuce like all of that like yes. I don't even and I have a nutritionist and my nutritionist yes. was, oh, she would like, I used to love iceberg lettuce. She would be like, there's no nutritional value in that. You need to get you a spring mix. You need to have some yes. spinach and some kale. Yep, just, yep. So now that's all I, I, I get. That. And like, yep. I'll go to other people at my friend's house. My family, I'll be like, y'all an iceberg? Like, why y'all eating iceberg <laughs> lettuce? And they be like, Leah, get yeah. out of my house with this dress Yes. But like- those simple it, things and those little things. Cause people don't realize like if you're going make to a change things on your diet, it'd be the little thing that makes the big yeah. difference.
1: And actually, and even with using that word, I took diet out of my vocabulary. Yeah. Because when I say I've been on everything, like I've done all kinds of, diet, I had to learn, <laughs> take diet out your vocabulary. Just say you know, eating better, eating healthier, Mm -hmm. eating cleaner, eating cleaner than you do unclean. And that, that takes that stress off of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And knowing that in moderation, because we don't have to take everything away that we eat. That's it. If we, if we just look at food in a different way and look at food as like honor our food, Mm -hmm. like look at food in a feel good way because food is for nourishment, but it also can, you, your food can feel good to you too, but not in a, not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I know there are people who deal with like stress eating and, mm-hmm. and over and things like that. So they don't look at food as a, a fun thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if we look at food as a positive, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You don't got to take everything away. Like moderation. I you really, really can't eat that food. I get yeah. that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, certain foods you should cut back in like you know I cut back in coffee mm-hmm. because I realized that sugar fibers feed off of sugar yeah I just learned I just learned it so I've cut back in a lot of certain things like I don't eat a lot of sugar but I'm not gonna lie I like chocolate yeah. um but I eat a lot of dark chocolate mm-hmm. and that's really only like you know that once a month, you'd be like, listen. Right, it's time right. For the chocolate. Like, I need chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. But right, right. Just cutting back in that. So I've just learned to change my foods. Like I drink a lot of herbal teas, mm-hmm. which are good for fibroids too, like green tea, yes. you know, jasmine, yes. um, chamomile tea. So this ginger, like all these things I've learned about that literally can help you know what I mean yeah um so I've really been doing more of the holistic I love um, it and doing the wound wellness I love um, it the healing uh the embodiment yeah being one with my body um and talking to my body like I do wound affirmations um, I love it so sometimes I'll stand in a mirror Mm -hmm. and I just put my hand over my wound and I say my affirmation I love it and you know, those massages. So I do a lot of that work to help,
0: you know what I mean? And just
1: releasing what I need to release, you know, releasing all of that stuff in me, those emotions and just letting all of that out because it helps. But a lot of women don't know this information. They don't know that everything you go through affects your your body physically. Yeah. It, it it literally but the wound area women don't know that all that disease gets stuck right there. Mm-hmm. It stays right in that wound space. Yeah. But until you clear it out, that's going to be the best part of your healing. Like yeah. it all works together whether you get medical intervention or not. It's mm-hmm. still going to be a part of your healing. healing because yes. the body knows how to heal itself. Yes. If we just do more natural things versus yes like you said, putting all that other stuff into our body. So, you know, I, I do a lot of these different methods, you know, I try to keep up with my exercise routine and, you know, the detoxing every now and then, because sometimes detoxing, depending on what's going on with you, is not really good to do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't do the detoxing, mm-hmm. uh, but the cleansing, you know, I do my probiotics. So I've added a lot of vitamin regimens into my it. daily wellness as well. So That's kind of what I've been doing. Listen,
0: I'm sitting here like this, look, 30 (laughs) some minutes that went by already and we got to wrap up, but this has been so good and so helpful because you've touched on things that even I have been like thinking about and understanding the importance of healing my, my womb and all of that. So you definitely confirmed a lot for me. So I know when my listeners hear this episode, they're going to be like, oh wait, I got to write that down and I got (laughs) to do all that. So. Before I let you go though, please, please, please tell the people how they can connect with you.
1: Um, I am all over some of the social media platforms. Like I'm on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Goddess Lakeisha. I'm on Facebook, Lakeisha C. Muhammad. Um, you could go to my website, uh, www.LakeishaCMuhammad.com. And my link tree is there, which has everything connected to it where you can find me email me chat whatever it is uh people may want to do uh i am on clubhouse i do be in the clubhouse street yes um <laughs> so you can follow me on clubhouse um it's also oh my god i forgot i had another account that i can't get rid of um but <laughs> this one i think is lady m69 on clubhouse but i'm sure you know they'll find me it's in my bio um and yeah, that's where I'm at. That's
0: I love that's where it. I be. <laughs> I love it. Well, sis, I so appreciate you coming through. This has been an amazing conversation about womb wellness yes, and fibroids and why we need to do this work. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive.
1: No, thank you for having me. It was fun.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Listen, didn't I tell you my girl Lakeisha Muhammad was amazing? Shout out to you, Queen. Thank you for coming through, like, and just having this really necessary conversation. Man, first of all, we had so much in common during this whole conversation that I was like, damn, like this is really like my soul sister, right? Like you ever just had that type of conversation with somebody and you're just like, yo, she gets me, right? Like that's how I felt. This whole time we was having this conversation and so yeah listen fibroids is is something so real and i'm just so grateful that she shared with us her journey about not only with um battling with fibroids but the importance of womb wellness and making sure that we're taking care of our womb ladies like make sure you're doing the things that keep your womb uh well and healthy right and so definitely make sure y'all connecting with her Definitely make sure y'all following her on social media. Definitely check out the website. Definitely shoot her an email. Again, Queen, I so appreciate you coming through the Hey Queen Thrive. And so listen, y'all already know what time it is. It's Thriver Nuggets time. And so listen, I just want to talk to you guys. I found this amazing um, infographic on Healthline.com about how do uterine fibroids affect Black women? Because we're the ones that's dealing with it, y'all. Like, we're the ones that's dealing with it. It's not too many whites or Latinos or Asians, not to say that they're not dealing with it, but they're not dealing with it on the capacity as we are, right? And I just truly believe whether we want to agree about it or not, racial, um, racial disparities have a whole lot to do with why we're not getting the treatment that is necessary to cure this thing. Like, why is there not a cure for fibroids for Black women? right because y'all you y'all figure out you know what i'm saying the government to figure out a drug for any other damn thing but when it comes to certain things that plague black and brown communities y'all not y'all not trying to have that conversation i'm just saying so <laughs> let's just get into it all right so black women are up to three times more likely than any other race to develop uterine fibroids black women are more likely to experience fibroid symptoms such as low red blood cell count, aka anemia, heavy or long menstrual periods, severe pelvic pain, and pain during sex. Let me tell you from my own experience. I had I, I didn't get diagnosed with my fibroids. It took some years before I got diagnosed with my fibroids. Um, the backstory was like I was bleeding irregularly for years right um but due to lack of access to health insurance let's be clear about it let's be real about it right due to lack of access to to health insurance um i just never got it checked out and it really wasn't until about four yeah about four years ago when i was in my relationship with joseph and we were trying to get pregnant um and it was difficult trying to get pregnant and i remember you know, I was like, well, something must be wrong with you, right? Because, you know, ladies, we don't never think about maybe it's me that's having these issues or whatever. We just oftentimes think about um, the man, right? So he went and got his self-checked. He got his sperm count. Swimmers were swimming. Everything was great. And then it dawned on me that it was me, right? And again, because at the time I had I had health insurance, but it wasn't the best health insurance. I I still couldn't afford to go get checked. So the only options were to go to like the local clinic where we live. And, you know, if you go to any type of community-based clinic, you're not going to get the care that you deserve. So fast forward after Joseph passes away and I relocate to the DMV area and I get a good job and great health insurance and all of that, I finally find me a black OBGYN and I go get checked, right? Um, And that's when I discovered this battle that I've been in with fibroids and cysts on my ovaries and all these things, right, that have been impacting my ability to get pregnant that I didn't even know about. Right. So, um, yeah, but I was dealing with a lot of those symptoms like I was having like literally I was bleeding like two, three times a month. Right, like heavily bleeding, you know, the pelvic pain was ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? So I had all these things, you know, that was happening to my body, and I just wasn't aware of what was going on. Because if we be honest, y'all, like we they're not teaching us about fibroids when we in we, when we was in high school, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that wasn't a part of you know, health education, right? And so we but we're dealing with it as black women, so. I definitely can relate to those symptoms, you know. Thankfully, you know, I I had the surgery. I still battled with them, but they're not growing as massively as they were growing. Um, so fingers crossed I don't have surgery ever again in life. <laughs> but those are some of the symptoms. So some of these symptoms can interfere in your social and physical activities, relationships, and work. And yo, I'll be 100% honest, like, my work life suffered when I was in fibroids because let me tell you why I was so self-conscious like when you're bleeding on the level where you got a double triple pad right like you get up from get up from the chair and you automatically looking back right like I swear I was extremely self-conscious around that time of the month because I didn't want to I didn't want to like be standing up no work chairs i didn't want people to be like it was just hard to really work and like do my job when i was dealing with those fibroids like really hard because i just was extremely self-conscious about like if i was gonna have an odor if i was gonna be you know dripping blood somewhere like it it was child. it was a mess it was a mess so definitely with the relationships of course you're afraid to have sex (laughs) right? When you're dealing with fibroids because you can have pain during sex with fibroids. So, you know, fibroids can be extremely um, complicated for sure. For sure. All right. So what happens when black women seek treatment, seek treatment for uterine fibroids? So black women tend to wait longer to seek treatment. On average, black women, are waiting about four and a half years. And I just told y'all, it took me four years, y'all. It took me four years to go and get tested and find out what was going on with my my body, right? Whereas white women on average seek 3.3 years, okay, to go get tested for fibroids. And so the longer we wait, what we have to also um, remind ourselves is that like the longer that we wait, the likelihood that it has grown right (laughs) the more complicated because i tell you by the time that i finally went and got checked y'all like my i had one massive fibroid that was literally hovering over my uterus like i still got the pictures to this day right and there were so many other complications like my doctor my gyn shout out to him like he found out that I had like scar tissue still left over from when I was pregnant 12 years ago and lost my child. Like I had all these cysts, like things that my previous GYN, cause again, I was going to what? a community clinic, so they were overlooking a lot of shit. And so when I finally found me a black doctor, this is why I'm such an advocate for black people getting with black doctors and black therapists and black specialists, right? Because not to say that there are not culturally competent non-black doctors and specialists, but in my experience, I, I felt more heard, more validated, right? There was always a game plan in place when I was working with my black and brown team of, of you know, medical professionals than when I was working with non-black people. That's my experience, right? And so four and a half years is the average time frame. Like if you, ladies, if you are experiencing these pains and these symptoms, man, go get checked, man. Go find out. Because like, again me get, finally removing those fibroids really was the start of discovering this battle that I'm having with my mm-hmm. own fertility right and and why I need to do a lot of womb wellness care and all these things like I never thought about being a mom <laughs> I put it off for 35 years and now that I'm at a place in my career and things are good or whatever like and I'm thinking about motherhood I have now all these Um, complications, if you will, that make it difficult to be a mom, right? And fibroids is one of them. Like it can make it difficult to be a mom. So when they get treated, right? When when black and brown women get treated for urinary fibroids, black women are three times more likely to be hospitalized, seven times more likely to get fibroids surgically removed, right? And less likely to receive minimal invasive surgery. Let me me just say that to you again. We are three times more likely to be hospitalized, seven times more likely to get our fibroids surgically removed, and less likely to receive minimal invasive surgery. And again, this is why I scream, get you a black doctor. One thing I will sit here and say is when my doctor, my GYN, um, did my surgery, he did the minimal, minimal invasive one. Like, I think I was out for two weeks. I was out of work for two weeks. I just couldn't do like physical, like massive physical straining activities for like six weeks. But I don't have big scars. (laughs) Like he did it in the most minimal invasive way. And I reason why I say that's why you should work with a black uh, OBGYN is because had I done this with a non-black Doctor, I promise you, they would have did the most horrendous way of surgery that was gonna have me with this big, huge scar. Like my scars are so damn tiny. Sometimes I forget I even had surgery. That's how small they are. Like the smallest incision, right? So, yeah, I wasn't hospitalized by mines. I mean, I've gone to the ER behind mines, but I definitely had to have them surgically removed. But then again. By the time they were discovered, again that four and a half years, the fibroid had massively grown. So it was to the point where it was like, okay, you we need to get this out of you, right We need to we need to do surgery. With me currently dealing with these fibroids, I'm not having to deal with um, the surgery piece because they're really, really small. So what is currently happening is that we're just monitoring them until they grow to a certain uh, place or start causing me pain. So, ladies, listen. Make sure y'all doing whatever you need to do to check to make sure you have fibroids. Again, black and brown women, we are more likely to get them. So let's do our part and making sure. That we are working on our womb wellness, and that we are um, <laughs> taking care of ourselves the best way that we can, so that we and and really addressing these fibroids. And so, listen, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack guest. I love each and every one of you. I will talk with you later. Peace and blessings.